0: Rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are so excited to bring you Julie Tamer of The Glorias, a biopic of Gloria Steinem, which is out on Amazon Prime today. Uh, Julie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us about this, this really, really important film. So thank you for being here.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be
0: here. I have to start by saying, especially in this moment with, with the passing of RBG, mm-hmm. you know, I knew she was going to be mentioned at some point, you know, in a, in a film about Gloria Steinem. And, and it just made this film that much more important. And I just first wanted to start by thanking you, Julie. I really needed this. I needed to be reminded of our yes. power, of, of where we came from, of what's possible. And, you know, that, that the future is not yet written, you
1: know. Absolutely, but it takes, it takes loud voices you know it takes mm-hmm. it takes your voice, it takes women out there and men um, saying, "We cannot accept this." you know with the news we got yesterday with Trump being completely open and honest for the first time, I mean literally he didn't mm-hmm. lie he said, there will be no transfer no matter what. I think mm-hmm. that people have to say, "Oh well, that sounds like treason, you know that sounds right. like our Constitution and everything that we built this country on is being thrown out the window. And you're saying it honestly. I, I think you need to be taken out, frankly. You know, just that's not acceptable. But I, right. I, I want to see those voices loud and clear. I mean, I think the Black Lives Matter movement was thrilling this year. Sad, but thrilling mm-hmm. to see all these various people of various races joining in finally and saying, yes, we uh, we have to change this.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's really empowering to see that, you know, we know Gloria, the Gloria Steinem of today, but I think it's really powerful to see that she was not comfortable speaking in public. She did not, that was never her plan. And and look what she was still able to do. You know, it, even though we think it might not be in us, there is something there. We just need to oh, ignite totally. that spark. That's yeah. why I
1: made the film, because I think that the part before she turns 40, before the Gloria Steinem that we recognize with Ms. Magazine, and the glasses mm-hmm. and the hair and, and the kind of <laughs> iconic look she she was wanted to be a dancer she didn 't want to use her mouth or her voice, you know she wanted to to be a dancer as a young girl, and then it was in her traveling which she got from her father, which is very important, her crazy unreliable irresponsible father I love him yeah yeah, yeah. I
0: do I can't, I can't we love it yeah. like she
1: <laughs> loved him but look what the relationship with the mother ended up doing it ended up mm-hmm. a very unfulfilled woman who was a journalist before she was married, who gave up her hopes and became the person who had to take care of realism and the bills. You know, I mean, I think that 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 early life really helps us to understand how Gloria is who she is today. And for instance, Ms. Magazine, you know, how her journey to listen to other women and get other women to talk about their their issues, their problems. And through those talking circles, change will happen. And I think that's what your program and many, many, um, a lot of the the social media outlets allow people in a good and bad way to put out their um, frustrations and their and their uh, anger and their needs. The thing is, it has to go the step further, doesn't it? It just when you look at the Women's March, you kind of you get joyous and frustrated simultaneously because that should have resulted in Trump being. Uh, impeached, first of all. But, you know, and, and now we have one choice, which is to vote en masse, seriously, to do a landslide. And you don't have to vote for Biden. You have to vote for your future. That's what you're voting mm-hmm. for. Biden will have a great team. Don't worry about the old man or gaffes or, you know, <laughs> whatever. You know, it doesn't matter because he will have an extraordinary cabinet and they will, they will really focus on issues, women's choice, uh, all of those issues, plus COVID, first and foremost, COVID. And, and then the other things of um, healthcare and, and the environment and all the things that are just going to be absolutely going south, as they are, as they already are. You know, Look at all the people mm-hmm. who are going to lose healthcare in a minute. We have to change the Senate. You know, minimally, we have to change the Senate. It has to flip because then even if Trump is in, he will not have as much control, just like Obama could get very little done with that Republican Senate.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, mic dropped That was <laughs> beautifully said. Um, and, and I think it's important that you bring up, you know, uh, we're voting for Biden. Technically, he's the face, but it's so much bigger than him. And that's true with the story of Gloria Steinem as well. She mm-hmm. she uh, was well aware that, you know, she, everybody wanted her to be the face of this feminist movement. But she was was often says that, you know, I'm a white woman being taught feminism, by predominantly black women, That's you right. know, like I, I'm, I might, you might want me to be the face, but this is not me. A movement is, is all of us. And, uh, and, and maybe we pick a face because that, that makes us feel safer when we're comfortable with that face, but it's not just her. And, and it's. So I want to give a shout out to all these other important women that uh, we learn about, if you haven't already in this film, there's Dorothy Pittman Hughes, Dolores Huerta, Flo Kennedy, uh, Wilma Mankiller, who, I mean, I've been researching since watching the film, and, you know, I'm ashamed to say I didn't know anything about her as well. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that that more people, once you watch this film, research all of these important women who, you know, uh, Gloria was the face of, but there were was so many even more. Even the
1: face of, I mean, that, uh, like that article you were referencing, the cover of Newsweek, as you saw, you took it from the, the scene where she says, yeah, it, a movement is not one woman, not one mm-hmm. white woman, but it's people moving. And, and I mm-hmm. think that, yeah, I did the movie for those other women. For me, the movie is a love story. And it's not about her boyfriends. There were plenty of them, plenty, <laughs> one husband at one point. But that's, that just goes without saying, this is a buddy film. And it's about women mm. who are in love with each other, not sexually, but because they love their and have a passion for their mission, their mission, their work, their ideals. And they get thorough joy out of it. I mean, look at that first Ms. Magazine meeting. Look at what they're discussing. <laughs> Look with mm-hmm. what passion they 're honest about themselves i mean I, I, and 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 how you know they know that there isn 't a larger enemy out there, and women are not should not be their own em- enemies. You know, this is why mm-hmm. the Phyllis Schlafly thing was sort of off kilter because she was being used by the insurance agency. She was a front. She didn't, as this is what I've learned from Gloria, who, you know, profoundly says that they got it wrong in that uh, series because not that there weren't great performances and moments, but they didn't get it right. And they really did uh, women fighting women, the cat fight, kind of FX classic stuff, which I'm sick of, frankly. I'm mm-hmm. tired of it. You know, women have to support women and they have to use their strengths and their strengths isn't just to go out there and act like a man, like all these movies where you have women kicking ass, big fucking deal. You know, you said I can't do anything. So big fucking deal. (laughs) Yes, thank you. First of (laughs) all, they, 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 yeah, it's a bit phony, right? I mean, women Mm -hmm. really can't. Fight like that, I mean, a few can in martial arts, I suppose, but that's not the point. Women have to use their strengths, and one of their strengths is being good listeners and being able to elicit other people to do things i mean it's it's a way that women over the years have manipulated men, you know mm-hmm. and so take that as a strength. Gloria knows how to talk when someone like in the interview scene with the the TV interviewer asked the younger Gloria Alicia Vikander. Um, would she be offended that he thinks she's such a, a uh. sex object? Well, mm-hmm. the younger Gloria, like many young women, and we all were that way. All of us are kind of. She's kind of got us back. And he's like, "Holy shit!" She's thinking to herself. She can't now. Maybe women now would have a good answer, but back then, she she couldn't say anything. So the older Gloria, Julianne Moore, who finally has found her voice by that time, takes her place and and in a very amusing way teases him into with her criticism you know well this is my uniform you know black jeans a black t-shirt infinitely more comfortable and minimalist than your 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 uniform with that tie pinching your neck and those <laughs> cuffs that you keep pulling down you know but she does it with a smile she does it she's not blustery and aggressive and you know beating her chest like trump you know she's not one of it's a very different style and it works but you know Speaking of bitch, I play with the notion of bitch, witch in that scene. That's clearly what I'm doing. Mm. To go inside of Gloria's head and see. Well, what is she really thinking?
0: You know, mm-hmm. and
1: then it's a whimsical, mischievous play on on what happens. It's very hard to describe on a radio, but you know, people will see it. But it's a surreal uh, fantasy. And it's, it's not nasty or mean. You know, it's none of those um, favorite words. It's not nasty. Um, <laughs> it, it's playful, but it didn't really happen. But at least we get to see, you know, like when Hillary was there, her one of her... Um, what were they the, the debates with trump and he was stalking behind her oh, yeah she said in her documentary which is fabulous by the way the hillary documentary is mm-hmm. real i've seen it twice it's so well done oh and yeah, it really, we, yeah oh it's brilliant if you thought you knew hillary this you didn't no, i didn't none of us did this really <laughs> shows you how all those myths around her evolved but anyway she says you know i couldn't say what i was thinking at the time because women, if they come out and are honest, sometimes directly honest, then they're called a bitch mm-hmm. and, or a witch. Look at uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, you know, that w- that thing that happened recently on the steps of, of um, comedy. Right. So I, I play with all of these things that women have gone through in the 60s, 70s, and right up to today. And it's shocking how much has changed, but how much hasn't changed and, or or. It has changed, but we're going to lose it. And that means Roe v. Wade, that means equality, gender parity. It's it's you know, the ERA still hasn't passed.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I had to laugh at that too. <laughs> like, oh you, you won, right? Um, well, yeah, that's a loaded question. Uh, I, I- yeah, I have so much to, to say in response to that, but even on the topic of she's constantly asked if she's married, oh, like, right. you know, this is a woman that has so much to say and has lived so much, yet you still have to fill in that question. Like uh, for Bitch Talk, we just had an episode that we kind of devoted to, you know, people always asking us and, and wondering, like, oh, are you married? Do you have kids? And, and just, you know, <clears throat> why does that still have to be a question? And, and, and to your point, things <laughs> really haven't changed that much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about, OK, we're doing a movie on on um, Martin Luther King or Winston Churchill. And the first thing they ask this young politician or this young um, minister or activist, uh, how, how are your children? Are, are you married yet? Yet? <laughs> so uh, you know, it's fine. They're married. They have wives. Are they important in these biopics? No, not even Coretta <laughs> Scott King, was just there to have her, you know, in a lot of them. I mean, I think Selma was great. So I'm just saying we've seen many of these men, LBJ, you know, how many biopics have we seen of great men? We, this is like the first uh, real uh, cinematic drama, a movie on the second wave of feminism and on these incredibly unheralded women in our country who led the way, you know, it's, there are so many more. There is Shirley Chisholm. There is, you know, and especially women of color, which I think, you know, I read the book. It was by Gloria. It was her, my life on the road. She didn't intend to write it for, for cinema, but thank God, she had all these other great women in it that I didn't know. I had no idea. Even Lorraine Toussaint who plays Flo was like, Oh my God, Flo Kennedy is outrageous. She's genius. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. funny. She's she's so, you know, foul mouthed and her clothing and you know, I love the clothing. Sandy Powell did a great job designing. Yes. The clothes. Mm-hmm. The clothes are pretty outrageous. That's how you do the time period. I never have a Chiron or anything saying where we are or when we are there, because I figured the hair and the clothes and the boots would say it all.
0: Right. All right. Well, I mean, I have to say, Julie, you yourself are, are a trailblazer as well. I, I, I see you, you have such strength in your work and, and also in your voice. Um, I, I wanted to talk about it. It seems like your parents really instilled this sense of independence in you as well. At the age of 15, you went to Sri Lanka and in India. Yeah. Yes. How long? How long were you there for?
1: Only for two months. It was living with a family in Sri Lanka and I just wanted to travel I far. So that was my introduction to Asia. And then years after I graduated uh, Oberlin College, I had a fellowship in visual theater and experimental puppet theater to Eastern Europe, Indonesia, and Japan. And I I went to Indonesia for three months and stayed four years. And I started a theater company in in Indonesia of Javanese and Balinese, Sundanese, masked dancers and actors and musicians and and we toured throughout sumatra java bali it was an amazing part of my life but you know i'm 20 years younger than gloria but we both went to the far east right after mm-hmm. graduating from college and we both stayed much longer and went out went out to these areas and went out in our lives to a place that we like i like to call the uncomfortable zone you know we mm-hmm. don't we don't need to be in our comfort zone in fact both of us i think get more inspired by being you know lost in the middle of some other culture where we can then listen and react and and are inspired. So that's that's one of the reasons that I was so taken with her book and her story was I, I saw Though no, I don't I'm not directly in politics, although you think I was, by the way, I'm talking on your um, show. <laughs> you should be. I'm voting for you. Just and my mother, though, <laughs> my mother, though. My mother, 99.9 9 years old, seen the movie five times now, saw it last week, and she says it's my <laughs> best film. But it's her life because she wrote a book called Running Against the Wind. Gloria knows my mom and, and oh. admires my mom. My mother's from Massachusetts. She was a delegate in 1960 at the Kennedy, you know, the convention. I was there with her as a really little kid. She ran for state representative. I canvassed with her when I was 12. She uh, was the first women in Massachusetts um, politics. And so she went through all that hell of women slamming doors in her face, telling her to go back to the house, take care of her children. And she turned and she said, my child is right here with me. And my mom started, you know, she was so early in this um, a uh, uh, movement of getting women involved in politics, that she started programs to get women in politics. There's um, a Betty Taymor Fund in Massachusetts, but also there are programs in UMass, Boston College, about five or six different universities where women who have had their children, who have gotten through that part of her life, can go back and get a master's and an education and be placed in political um, positions and then run for office. So she's kind of the mm-hmm. YN of Massachusetts. I knew the Kennedy, you know, all of them. <laughs> they all know my mom. And my sister was a radical and is, and is now a very an activist. And she's um, much older and she works with prison reform. And so those two were the political ones in my family. I went into the arts, but w- with Across the Universe and the Glorias, you, you can see where my connections are to protest and to um, political and social issues.
0: Right, right, yeah. We, we call it um, entertainment through a- activism. Like yeah. and certainly with the stories you tell, and this isn't your first time being at the helm of a big story, a you know biopic. You did Frida, uh, mm-hmm. but with Gloria, you had the benefit of your subject being alive. So, <laughs> can you talk about uh, how much collaboration you had with Gloria? Did she come on set? What, what was oh, yeah. her reaction to watching yes. it?
1: Well, she she was there at the drop of a hat for questions. So she, I could call her anytime she came to my apartment in New York and met with Julianne and Alicia and, and answered their questions. And some of the things that I asked her about led to parts of the movie that aren't in any book, like the barbershop sequence, which I love African African girl bringing the little Gloria in to be able to tap dance because Gloria's mother couldn't stand the sound of the feet on the floor in her own house. (laughs) So, you know, that was great. Uh, She also gave me a certain license, which was very important. For instance, the the most important talk about choice, um, being pro-choice, anti-abortion. With Dolores Huerta. Ooh, yes. Exactly. Yes. That is the truth of what happened between Dolores and Gloria. Gloria was inspiring to Dolores about changing her mind about being um, a a right to lifer, Uh, although the words were different back then. But it didn't happen necessarily at the women's conference in Houston. Dolores was there with the Phyllis Schlafly group. But that scene, I asked, I asked uh, Gloria if I could place it there, and she talked to Dolores, who's still, you know, alive and kicking and out there. She just was arrested, you know, a couple of months ago, uh, mm-hmm. for, in a protest about a minimum wage and such. Uh, And they both were uh, completely agreeable because Gloria's point of view was, if it's emotionally truthful, then you can do it. Every single detail doesn't have to be exact, because she understood that doing a drama is doing a drama. It's not a documentary. But a lot of it is documentary. I mean, a lot of the footage that we used in Houston, and Washington, D.C., and all the backgrounds for the taxis, that's all real footage. From the period we, we, you know, we're not going to go and make uh, how many millions of people in Washington or 20,000 women at the um Houston conference, but also sometimes the real footage is even more edgy and more it has more vitality and it, and it really hits home. Like the real Phyllis Schlafly is in my film, and it's shocking mm. to see her, you just have mm-hmm. a different sense because she. She's just, you know, it's, or the real Nixon or Harry Reisner or, you know, the words of David Susskind. So I, I loved having Gloria be totally open. She was incredibly enthusiastic. She loved my work. She loved across the universe, uh, Spider-Man and, and uh, Lion King and all the movies, loved them, Frida. So she, she kind of, just trusted me, and she adored the idea of the not just the four Glorias, but how they would talk to each other on the bus out of time. that was like yes that's the kind of was the glue for the whole movie, and it was the key to telling this sprawling tale that takes place over eighty years. It was the constant coming back to this bus that was traveling across America to the next you know it could be to washington d c ten times the little girl says. Haven't we been here before? You know, hundreds of times, <laughs> billions of times. <laughs> and you know, the marches, the the talks at universities, the protests, the women's groups. So she loved that and was kind of bowled over that I'd come up with that idea of them talking to each other or stepping into each other's lives at certain moments. She said that that is what really happens to her. That she looks at herself, a younger self, across a room sometimes or across a st- at a street corner and wonders what they would think of how their life turned out or wonders what she would do now if she was that age. You know, so that playful right. commentary back and forth and discussion became a way to dramatize inner, inner monologues that were in the book. And then, of course, she came to set. And we won't do a spoiler alert, so we won't talk more, but she came to set on the last day in Savannah, which is where we shot 90% of the film. And people were just bowled over. I mean, Julianne said (laughs) that she didn't didn't want to know that she was there, but she she did know she was there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I well I again I we have to wrap but I really just want to thank you for this film and, and for putting the story out like I said for me personally especially I just really needed to watch this to, to keep that fire going and I, I do want to end it with one of Gloria Steinem's phrases look at the upside of the downside because Absolutely. there always is one we just uh-huh. need to continue fighting and thank you for your voice Julie you're so important um, f- to be out there and, and I can't wait to see what you do next
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you again to Julie. Holy shit. I'm still reeling from this conversation. <laughs> I can listen to her speak for the rest of the day. And I think it's just what I needed. Like I said, keep that fire under me. I hope I hope it ignites a fire in everyone that's listening. And I think this was the perfect way to cap off episode 499 you guys if you haven't been paying attention we are almost at our 500th episode which is insane and we're so excited to bring you we've we've been working really hard on a a, a 500th episode extravaganza with some of our favorite guests bringing you some entertainment and uh, you know it's really hard to think of celebrating I'm using uh, air quotes right now at a time like this but really we just are so grateful to our listeners and um, you know we like to think of it as uh, activism through entertainment and and, uh, like I said with with Julie and um, it's been a long ride but look at look at the incredible people that we've been able to talk to the important conversations we've been able to have and really for us it's been uh, free therapy so uh thanks guys for <laughs> hanging in there with us and uh and really supporting us through all this and, and we're so excited to bring you our 500th episode so be on the lookout for that and uh thanks again to julie and don't forget to check out the glorias on amazon prime